back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Today is Thursday, April 21st, and this is episode 163 of the show. Thank you to everyone who listens. Uh, got a great show for you all today. We are going to be talking about Moon Knight, episode 4, as well as the new teaser trailer for Thor Love and Thunder. And I'm going to be joined by Peter Gonzalez to do all of that. But before we get to that, a reminder out there... Uh, if you like the podcast, share it. Send it to your brother. Send it to your sister. I don't know. Give it a five-star review. Leave a comment. Um, Pineapple Couch, we're a great little community, but let's 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 get a little bit bigger. I don't know. I mean, I should probably do a better job of promoting it, too. Hands up. But between you and me, uh, us and the listener, let's both work on it. Let's, let's make a little deal right there. All right. I'm going to shut up and uh, just kick it to Peter because who knows where that was going. Peter, episode 163. Moon Knight episode four, Thor, good show. What's up? I'm stopping talking. I honestly felt like I was like watching Mr. Rogers, and I don't mean that in like a. I mean like you were talking to them. Like I felt like it was an episode of Mr. Rogers, you know, well, with all respect, right. of course. Mr. Mr. Robbins, Mr. Mr. Robbins. <laughs> I did not. See, you're you're on it today. You're very quick today. I mean, yeah. Uh, um, you know, great. I mean, yeah, great stuff to talk about today. It's a, it's a great time to be a Marvel fan, but I feel like we say that every time we come on here. But honestly, when, it, it's, yeah, it always is. It always is, Peter. Um, before we jump into Moon Knight episode four, uh, like we do every time, we're going to talk a little any news that either of us have seen and want to talk about. I have one piece of news to bring to the table uh, concerning the Star Wars universe. There's a quote from Liam Neeson basically saying how he I'm going to get the exact quote, guys, because I don't want to um get it wrong but it was his thoughts regarding like playing uh in tv shows so liam neeson says he'd reprise his role as qui-gon jinn but only in a star wars film he said i'm a bit of a snob when it comes to tv i must admit so liam neeson is like yeah i will i would reprise geez the role of uh qui-gon jinn but I am uh, not going to do it on Disney+. Plus. Thoughts, Peter? I think this is just um, Andrew Garfield 2.0. Because I, I honestly find it very hard to believe that he's not going to be in Kenobi. And I feel like he's got a strong enough business of movies where it's like every couple months there's a Liam Neeson movie. And you know the exact type of vibe that you're getting from him. And it's, it's a mm-hmm. tried and true formula. It works for him. And... So I don't think he needs to see, will only do it if it's on the big screen. He doesn't need, he's got his big screen stuff taken care of. Like, he's still knocking them out with those movies, and they're great. But, like, I think it's just a little bit of a, a fake out here. I think that it's okay. maybe taking a playbook out of the Marvel book and saying a, a statement like that's just too specific to not be a, I don't trust Yeah, that. I see what you mean. I, I hope you're right. But. There's a little part of me that's like, yeah, maybe he's like, you yeah, know, fuck that shit. I just want to be in movies because he is that big of an actor. But um, we've seen huge actors and actresses play on these TV shows. Um, so I hope you're right. And this is posturing because it's we- it's a weird time for that quote to even come out because everyone's in such high anticipation of Kenobi. So let's hope that's an Andrew Garfield 2.0. Like you said, Peter, do you have any other news topics we want to get into before Moon Knight? For sure. And a couple of things I just wanted to say, great use of the word posturing. I was like, thank you. You're very unpredictable this episode. I'm not sure what to expect. Um, <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> in line with Kenobi, I'm sure you saw that new um, 
poster that's making the rounds online, which has got Kenobi and Darth Vader in it, which kind of concerns me a little bit. And I'll and I, maybe you'll understand why. I think that I don't think you needed to show a poster with Darth Vader to sell Kenobi. I almost feel like it's like when you're sh- like when they were extra trailers for like Morbius or something. Like you're putting too much to try to get people hyped up about it. Having Kenobi was enough to get it hyped up. If you have Darth Vader, makes it even cooler. But I don't necessarily need that to be part of the marketing to pull me in. So I see your point. Star Wars does like to put it all out there in a similar way to how Sony does. But wouldn't, to play devil's advocate here, like wouldn't like the breathing at the end of the Kenobi trailer like already imply Darth Vader's in this? And so just that being in marketing, just the fight, is that is it that much different? Well, I guess maybe a little bit because I feel like by putting them both on the poster, it implies that it's going to be about maybe about both of them. And it's oh, gonna focus okay. less on Kenobi okay. and more like like they don't have enough confidence in Kenobi as a character. To, they're afraid it'll be Boba Fett redo, basically. Like you know, it's gonna be yeah, not enough. Dumb. But I think I don't. That. I think that's not the case here at all. You've got Kenobi with those such as with salt. It's it's, it's going to work without having it. It just kind of was like a little. It kind of threw me off for a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's uh that's a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I see what you're saying. And then pivoting to some news I just saw today, and this kind of speaks to our Stranger Things discussion of last week, a new report um, is saying that each episode of, se- of, se- of the new season of Stranger Things is averaging a cost of $30 million an episode, which is like double Whoa. Game of Thrones budget. WandaVision was $25 million an episode, but Stranger Things is in the $30 million range an episode. Does that heavily imply like a lot of scenes in the upside down that require CGI? I think a little bit of that, but also I just think the the amount of work that's going into this, like they're really putting in mm-hmm. a lot behind the show. And I mean, Netflix is seeing a drop in viewership, but and its subscribers, but I think this will instantly tick it back up because yeah. you've got something like that to go for it. Yeah, another reason it could be so expensive could be that. Uh, they've kind of separated everyone and i know they do that every season but in this extent they've separated them like in very different places so like i bet you they're not filming the russia scenes in the same place they're filming the california scenes or the hawkins scenes so um yeah i mean and hopefully that that's just proof that they're really long too you know and that we're gonna get while because it's in two parts you know and while I like that we'll have to wait and that anticipation kind of builds, I don't, I want to be like after part one, I do want to be like somewhat of a cliffhanger, but I want them to establish a lot and a lot to happen in part one. I want part one to feel like a season essentially of Stranger Things, not just, oh, here's the beginning and like we'll answer maybe a few questions, but like most of the, most of like the there's no like consequences at the end of part one i'm not explaining that that well i just want part one to feel like its own season and part two to feel like its own season that are connected but just like i want them to be able to stand on their own in a way for at least that that length of time what do you think of that did you understand what i was saying i followed you i'm right there with you i followed you and 
I think that from what we've seen where they can sustain a storyline throughout the full length of a season, I think it'll be a really great experiment to see how they do that, where they truncate it into two halves that are more or less complete, but still set things up for the later half in a way that we typically only had that they were building towards those last two episodes. So I think here now that you're able to build towards four or five episodes, it kind of does change the dynamic a little bit. We're able to have a mid, a middle reveal and then start of the season and even another reveal that sets up the final season. So I think that, again, knowing that they had their, their Bible plan for it from the very onset when they signed on with Netflix makes me feel better about this show than I do about a lot of other ones where I'm like, the unknown is too great. Here it's like, they've led us so far so good this way, so I don't think that they're going to screw it up in the end. Yeah, I would have faith in the Duffer brothers. One thing I, I just was thinking about is, so like if you think about this season and the two parts it has, is this season going to be Infinity War first part, Endgame second part? Where I mean, there's a problem like kind of on a end part one on a low, but it's solved at the end of season of in the second part. Or is this like what Stranger Things has? Is it setting up like? with the last two seasons, like two infinity wars and by infinity wars, I mean like kind of like losing, like not like winning, like empire strikes back. And then the end game will come at the end of season five. Like, do you think that this season, the big thing will be resolved? I guess is my question. Cause I, I'm not sure. Cause like, even though it's in two different parts, it seems like season five is very much, the next part obviously but would be connected no i i I feel like this is a almost it is like the double end game i'm sorry double infinity war because you even the way the trailer was set up where it's like you have to have a beginning to get to the end and i feel like this is everything being laid out in a more breathable way of doing the infinity war so i think it's all going to be more spread out more step Mm -hmm. pieces happen leading up to it and you're going to have those moments that are more spread out, but ultimately will have a massive payoff in the inevitable se- final season. And I do think that no one will die at the mid-season, but whoever, if people are going to die, it will probably happen at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, I- I'm on board with that. Um, any other news items before we get into Moon Knight? I think our final news item would be, we'd be remiss not to mention it, that things continue to be upside down in the dc universe we've got you oh, know yeah. we've got amber heard's trial going on at the moment and then you've got ezra miller arrested again in hawaii and it's yeah. like and you've also got the warner discovery merger happening which is really gonna ha- switch out the way things are happening over there so i think in the coming weeks things are going to get very interesting on the dc end for where they plan on going and i know batman lands on hbo max this week so it'll be interesting to see how that affects them as well and how more people get into the movie or tune out from the movie. Yeah, DC is just a bunch of dumb people doing dumb things. Um, Ezra Miller's a dumbass. He's just, he needs help. And I, I feel for him in that sense. But like, this is a train wreck. Um, the Warner Brothers, who's also responsible for the Harry Potter, like uh, the... Dumbledore, Newt, Fantastic Beasts. Those are like the worst things ever as someone who enjoyed Harry Potter. Um, 
I think like if you're Discovery in this like taking over Warner Brothers, which I honestly think they're doing, you just literally burn it all to the ground. You you just get rid of everything besides you can have Matt Reeves run his solo Batman universe and then you just completely get rid of everything and start like over essentially. But there are ways to do that with maybe incorporate like here's the thing there's it's either you completely start over or you do a semi reboot with Zack Snyder in charge if you can get him back but I don't think that's going to happen because he's doing Rebel Moon um so you don't want to wait two years or three years to get this rebooted again and have it going I think you need to like hard reset it you need to take the L on the Flash movie and not release it you need to not do Aquaman 2 you need to cancel everything and say hey we are starting over I think I like, think you make very good points. I think the Flash one seems does the most likely to be stopped into the ground because of how it'll be received. I think, if anything, Aquaman would undergo reshoots because of the fact that the first one made over a billion dollars at the box office. How? Because it was different. It was, again, it was a totally different movie or people. And I've seen it a couple of times because, like, my family really enjoys it. It, it is very different from... Marvel in a sense but again it's such a specific vibe like you have to be in the headspace to watch that movie like I'm not gonna it's not the first thing I'm gonna go pick to watch again but it's it's interesting it'll be interesting to see how they address this because I think the most you can't release Aquaman and have a press tour where the sole focus is going to be taken away from the movie similarly with Flash you're gonna have everything taken away from the movie and it's gonna be focused on an actor that's in the movie which is what they tried to read, tried to avoid with other things. So it's going to be so, very interesting to see what comes next. Sometimes you have to take take a step back to take a step forward, Peter. And yes, like Words of cancel, canceling Aquaman too. Oh yeah, that movie made a billion, and where it's probably going to make, it's not going to make a billion again. But like sometimes, yeah, maybe let's just eat that L. Like yeah, we could make this movie and make that money, but no, in the long term scheme of things. This isn't worth it. We need to reboot. We need to reboot. Reboot, 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 reboot. Fire everyone. Everyone is fired. Even if they were doing good, I'm sorry, you're fired. We need to reboot, reboot, reboot. Matt Reeves and your Batman, you can keep that. That's just, no one's going to fuck with it. You can do your little detective Batman stories that are taking yourself a little too seriously. And all that hype about it being great fucking movies kind of died down. Just saying. Um, but, hey, it's, it's good. I mean, and the other thing why that Batman movie, Peter, sorry, this is a tangent. But why we think it's good, why I think it's good is because it's like, holy shit, they did something that's not bad. And so it's being judged for the rest of DC. Um, so, yeah, just literally fire everyone except the Matt Reeves Batman. Let them keep going. And you need to do a hard reboot. You need to find a Kevin Feige. You need a vision. You have the money. You need to recognize that the people who are in charge right now are brainless morons that cannot tell a story. They, like, can't. They, like, can't make good movies. It's wild. Sorry. It's just so bad. It's just bad. I mean, to add to that point, I think when I was reading about the Discovery merger, the the new head of the merger, one of his main issues is that they have Superman on the sidelines. And it's like, how do you have Superman on the sidelines when you are, that's literally like one of the greatest heroes of all time. Like you have, you're just throwing it away. And you had Henry Cavill. Dumb people doing dumb things. And it's, 
it's frustrating. It's it, it it's again just such a great reminder of why it's such a good feeling to be an MCU fan. Yeah. Because there's a level of competence there, even in the projects that aren't even that great. It's like, well, I will say Falcon and the Winter Soldier just sucks. So never mind. Um, Moon Knight episode four, Peter. Um, obviously a massive reveal here at the end with him being in the sort of like mental hospital where it's they're tricking us to believe that this is all in his head. He has the Moon Knight action figure. He's watching the TV show where the guy, it's an explorer named Stephen Grant. All the these people from the show are also in this hospital, including Layla, the uh, Harrow's men that were faking being police officers to get Stephen earlier on in. And Harrow himself is like the head doctor. Um, in this process, we have Stephen and Mark, quote unquote, meet each other. Because I guess they're separate individuals in whatever realm or dream or whatever the hell's going on. Um, I just wanted to get all that general stuff out there so I can ask the question, like, one, what the fuck? And two, so has this all been in Mark's head? Has some of it? Where are we and what is going on? I that's it, We haven't talked about this, folks. And what is what is going on? <laughs> I mean, everything you just said just took me right back to, I just, just watching it, you're there. And it, I didn't feel the level of this reveal was, this twist reveal was less, as like when we found out that WandaVision was a TV show and you pulled you back and you saw what was going on the outside. Like to me, it was that level of jarring where it was like, I was watching Mark get shot and I'm like, how is this happening? And then they just hit us with this reveal at the institution. And it's like, you know how in sports, when your team does like a, a goal or. I don't watch soccer. Or you score a touchdown or you you hit a home run and people like stand up and like walk around and like are losing their mind. That's how I was yesterday. I was like, literally, I was like losing my mind as I'm watching this whole thing unfold in the white colors and everything. I was like, it was. It's a mindfuck. In the best way possible. It was. I had, like, I wanted to text you too, but then I was like, I'm going to talk to him tomorrow. So don't even text him. Just like. Yeah, it's, I don't know where we are. Was is the him getting shot by Arthur Harrow like some sort of illusion and he was actually getting like sedated at a mental hospital? Um, I mean, part of me is like this definitely is not all in his head. I think because like I think it's a little too convenient to like the way they're really like it, it feels like someone is like trying to make Mark think he is insane. Like Arthur Harrow is really trying to do that. And so by sedating him or whatever he did to him at the end of that episode, it causes him to wake up in this situation, whether that situation be a place that is under Harrow's control or whether this situation is like in his fucking mind or dreams that's influenced by Amit. Like Harrow is trying to make him think he is insane, thus to cancel the threat of Khonshu, is what I would think we think is what he's trying to do. So I say all that to where is he? 
Is it like where do you, is it a dream? Is it so? This was it all a dream? Me. Was it all a dream? And now he's awake. I don't know. So what stood out to me was when they first enter the tomb, and there's the row of sorcerers. Okay. That that stood out to me because. Honestly, the line early on in the season, I think episode one, the chaos, there's chaos in you. I think this is some sort of WandaVision type, you're in this situation type thing that Arthur has conjured with Amit's abilities, essentially, to create this place where now he thinks he's in this institution. And in this institution, both version, in this reality that he's creating, this Westview, so to speak, Arth, uh, Mar- Mark yeah, and Stephen can exist, and theoretically, I think in one of the other sarcophaguses is Jake. One hundred percent. And I think that's why, because they're in this in this hex, for lack of a better word. Okay, I, I like that direction. I think that that is what they are going for. It's just, it's really a mind fuck, and like thinking about it. The one thing that, like, when you take a step back when you're looking at it and being like, all right, this is a TV show in the MCU. I don't think they're going to do this whole story of adding Moon Knight, this character, just to be like, psych, he, it was all in this dude's head. They could do that, though. Like, But my the fact that this is in the MCU and he's probably going to be in other projects makes me think that this has to be real they're not going to do that so how they explain this i think you're right it's some sort of hex that arthur harrow amit have like put on on mark and um which leads me peter to actually i want you to say what you have to say and then i want to talk about the ennead and those fools because something something's up there I was going to add, like, I was going to add, I was following what you were saying, and then I had it, and I was like, I think that the fact that this, that the, the whole institution also gave an opportunity to see how both sides of him have reconciled with one another, because we've seen it throughout the season where they've been at odds. Yeah, I mean, Stephen kissed his wife in this episode. And then he punched himself, which was, yeah. was this also episode also had just a side note that had that MCU OG Iron Man humor. Yeah, it did. That's a good point. It did. Um, so I want to talk about the Ennead really quick. So these are the gods that uh, we see in the previous episode. I believe there's five of them and they're the ones that get Khonshu to turn into stone or whatever, right? The Ennead the has nine gods. And I think that when we see in the beginning of this episode four, like we see St- Conchu's little statue and it like zooms out kind of and we see others with the bald dude who's the avatar there. I feel like that whether it's this group on its own or this group in working with Harrow or Amit have been silencing and like capturing and imprisoning gods. Like that this is happening to Khonshu is our way of finding out that it's happened to many others. And so what will have happen is basically 
Moon Knight is fighting to not only free Conchu, but the other gods in this show. What do you think about that? I think that's totally valid because it goes back to Layla's dad theory that the gods were walking among them and then you know obviously he dies but like that was his theory that was his whole deal was that theory i don't think you mentioned a theory like that for it to be a throwaway like nothing's a throwaway here like you know it's like you have to but again there's also all these things out there which is like maybe some are thrown out there just so that you can grab them even though you're not supposed to because it's a fake Mm -hmm. out but i think that that definitely ties in tangent with this idea that they are out there and that this mission is now it's expanded the goal. Yeah. Um, is Arthur Harrow a multiple season uh, villain? I think so. Because I don't think... Or he's... I think he's kind of like an Agatha. Like, it's there as a villain, and he'll be put away. Okay. And and potentially, potentially come back at some point in time. Though, Does he lose his, like, powers, though, and his connection to Amit? Probably. I could see that. I mean, this episode also got more violent than previous episodes. Yeah. And then you obviously had the mummy thing taking out the insides yeah. of the dude, which was quite a gnarly scene. I will say also the cinematography in this episode, again, just continually gorgeous stuff. Just like. Yeah, I I loved that they threw in like the, the, the Amit's perhaps Amit's last avatar was the legendary Alexander the Great. Um, and we find his long lost tomb. Thought that was a really cool connection to history. And like the dude conquered so much land and it was such an animal and rose to power so young that like, yeah, maybe he had the help of Amit on his side. Like, I like how they're connecting to that. Um, and yeah, the reaching in to get the thing at the end was obviously very disgusting, but cool. A lot of the such indiana jones vibes obviously in this episode um what did you think peter about uh the whole harrow letting layla know like hey mark knows more and us finding out eventually that mark along with layla's father were like double crossed by mark's partner and layla's father was killed mark was presumably like left for dead killed until conchu resurrected him and made him his uh avatar um is that as simple as it is or is like jake involved and mark actually killed layla's father i don't think it's that but no uh, i don't think um mark killed i think he was there's something else that happened as well but I also think a lot of why arthur does this is just it's cult leader 101 he's preying on layla in order to just dis- to dis disarm her essentially from her connection that she's got that she's been growing with Mark Steven over the course of this past two episodes. So I think mm-hmm. he's really using that psychological aspect that is very much the charismatic cult leader of like, I see you, I see your problems, I understand this, blah, blah, blah. And it works because it, it throws her off in a sense and they lose time, which is how Arthur's able to show up with his goons to get them. Mm-hmm. Another thing that uh, this whole, like the Harrow, like you mentioned, playing that like charismatic villain cult leader role is that this sets up, I mean, pretty obviously a villain, whether who the Arthur's partner, um, what it, fuck, uh, Stephen Mark's partner, that dude, and he, that's a dude in the comics. I forget the name of it, but that is setting up either for Isn't that to be. 
Bushman, yeah, Bushman. So that is either setting up to be like a villain we see this season as more of that story unfolds or a villain for the future that maybe after this whole situation, the next time we see Moon Knight, if it's a season two or whatever, that's what he's doing. He's going after Bushman. Um, but there, because there's a lot of things they've set up to wrap up in just two episodes that makes me hopeful for we're probably going to be getting another season of Moon Knight. I mean, yes, but look at Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Soldier sucked. No, but it set up some things that hasn't been announced or hasn't been like, you know, like nothing's really come of it. But this one. Uh, well, but look at Loki. Well, Loki, I think Loki is more integral to the timeline. You would, I don't know. They all seem integral in all, in all honesty. But yeah, this episode packed so much. It could go so many places. But one thing. Excuse me, it's still stuck with me is the hippo. Yeah, the hippo. Wow. So, yeah, there's a hippo there at the end. And I was just like, holy fuck, that's this a hippo. High. And yeah. either that is a hallucination and that's just some small person that's like, hi. Or that is maybe they're in some sort of upside down type area. Like, that's where uh, Arthur. But that's what he did to Mark is he sent him to like this upside down like area underworld hell type place. And maybe that hippo is a god that because like the goddess of fertility or something. And maybe so that hi- hippo is one of the banished gods of the Ennead. And this is where he sends all those people. So maybe throughout this uh, fake slash real uh, mental hospital, we see the other banished gods or not banished maybe for not the right reasons i don't know you know know, this this show i think is again it's it's similar to wandavision in so many ways but also in the sense that it will not get recognized for the amount of work that the acting is being done here like oscar isaac is literally acting with himself at literally physically well it turns out it was his brother that was the body double for his other version but still to in order to, to film these scenes and just film off, feed off of each other, and then film when he's like sedated and like crawling across the ground. And like, honest, this is so good. And this is just, it's, it, this show continues to blow my mind each week. And I feel like I don't expect it to, but it still continues to. I mean, I do and I don't. Like, I, I don't expect. think it could possibly get better, and it still gets better, and it's got. To, and I think we really next episode will dive into the dissociative identity disorder that Mark. I think Mark does his have past. that. And I think figuring out how that goes along. His past. His parents were a cast in this movie or in the show, and they are not that old. So this would presumably be for a flashback where Mark is young um, to explain more about the DID, his relationship with Conchu and all that, how all that came about. Um, one other thing that I was just about to say is, oh, I wanted to give myself credit. <laughs> okay. For, uh, I think everyone who's a listener and Peter will remember that like two weeks before Moon Knight, a month before Moon Knight, I called my shot and said this was going to be the best MCU show. I said that and I stand by it because so far it is. That was very optimistic of you to assume that I would remember something from two weeks ago or weeks two ago. Weeks. So. You know, oh, yeah. But I did remember. I did remember it though. So, that you, you it was a successful second shot, I guess, as well to yeah. back it up. But you're you're right, and it's it, it's coming close. It's coming very very close to me. I feel like 
when we get to the final episode, I think it'll. It's again, it's the only other one that I've rewatched other than WandaVision. And then I did rewatch a couple episodes of Hawkeye the other day. But that's it. And I haven't gone back to rewatch Falcon the Winter Soldier or Loki. Because I feel like I can't just pop into a certain episode of either of them. Like, you have to, like, watch them in their course. Yeah, Whereas, I guess so. Loki, the, I don't know. The final episode of Loki you can rewatch. It's pretty fire. Well, I think I like the one, the penultimate one better than the final one. I, I don't. I like the one with Kang in it. Well, yeah, that, but that was, like, kind of, like... It's Kang. It's Kang, bruh. Kang. I look, I look uh, forward to, in two weeks, discuss, when we compare the finale of Moon Knight to the other finales, like we've been doing with the other shows, and kind of seeing how that kind of looks together. It would be an easy argument if Doctor Strange just showed up in WandaVision and they didn't Ralph Boner me. You know, um, if they give us if they were to give us Victor in this show, I would I it would just hands down. Because I think it's possible. Victor Von Doom? Yeah. I think I How is honestly, how is Doctor Doom gonna show up in this? Why not? Why couldn't Fair. he be purchased getting stuff from I mean, I would even. I, I mean, a power broker connection might work too, but like that's kind of like lower scale. Like, if my if my wish list would be this, and then my expectations are like power broker. Okay, okay, okay. Um, one thing also about Moon Knight, I think we're gonna see Jake, like we just said, he was in the sarcophagus, and um. What would his uh, version of Moon Knight look like? Will it be just like Mark's Moon Knight, or will it be different like Stevens was? Because they've taken some differences from the comics. Do you think that there will be like a third version of Moon Knight that we get to see, making it like a group of six, like six Infinity Stones? Six original Avengers? Throwing so much at me. I don't think we'll get a a third suit. I think... That if it was not a new character, yes, but because it is a new character. And interestingly enough, I know a lot of people that aren't vibing with this show. So I feel yeah, like. Yeah, those people are lame. They're so probably flag like, smashers. So if actually, those people kind of do like that, that hold that show up very highly. So, um, taste. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I, I mean, it would be cool to see a new suit, but also. You know, yeah, let's do it. Because I, I forgot who we were. I forgot. Oscar Isaac can pull it off. Yeah. Oscar Isaac can give us a third personality. Or Hell personality. yeah. Yeah. He can make it work. I would love that. Um, Anything else on Moon Knight episode four, Peter, before we talk some Thor? Just I look forward to rewatching it again because that reveal was just. A mindfuck. One of the, yeah, one of the better sequences on an MCU show or MCU period. Couldn't agree more. Um, Thor Love and Thunder teaser released. Got some sweet child of mine going on by Guns N' Roses. Um, Is that who sings it? Yes. It's on Appetite for Destruction. Come on, Peter. Um, Thor, he, uh, we get this vibe from him in the teaser trailer that he's like kind of quote-unquote retired. He's more of a traveler. He's not a superhero fighting anymore. Um, we see him putting a Stormbreaker in the ground kind of vibes of Thanos, like when he retired back to his, uh, his farm. Um, so Thor wants to be done with it all. And, uh, that seems to have something to do 
with uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy because he's going to move, travel with them for a bit, and then eventually he's going to go off on his own. Maybe he like after hanging out with the Guardians for a little, he's like, I'm. That's where he's like, I'm done. And then something happens. Um, but we do see the Star Lord, the Guardians, and uh, the Ravagers. Uh, what were your uh, first off thoughts on this trailer? Because I could just talk for a while, and sometimes I just need to kick it to you. Now pass the ball. Sorry, I'm on one today. The thought has been passed. I, I don't. I don't play sports with passing balls. I play one where I just smash it back. But um, it, honestly, it's you can't help but like just smile when you see the visuals that Taika creates mm-hmm. with the, with the commitment that Chris Hemsworth gives to this portrayal of Thor, which is this lost kind of over it. In mm-hmm. a He's sense, really good at but that. Still you know, figuring it all out in a way that, and I did not hate to see the Guardians of the Galaxy. I was like, okay, okay, I can dig it. However, now that, ever since I made that thought connection in my brain where I feel like Chris Pratt is like Tom Cruise, it's kind of hard to... Hey, what? 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 (laughs) No, no, no. I I say no to that comparison. Like, if you watch this trailer and then watch the Jurassic World Dominion... I reject... I reject. It's the same character. Uh, are you not? You're not saying he's personality lies like Tom Cruise. No, no, no. I'm saying that like. <laughs> so this was see he didn't okay. Let me restate it better. Say it, speak it for me. I'm dumb. Say it. Explain Tom, to me like I'm five. <laughs> Tom Cruise in every movie is the same type of vibe. Oh, Dwayne the Rock movie. Johnson. More so than Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Just like it's the, how is there any nuance to any of the Dwayne the Rock Johnson roles? He is the consider, Rock I, in everything, right? But I don't consider him like up there with like Tom Cruise. I think of him like I don't know. Isn't the Rock like the most like followed oh, person yeah. on Instagram? People love back. that dude. Anyway, really motiv- sorry, sorry. So <laughs> I feel like Chris Pratt is the same. If you were to put in Guardians of the Galaxy, the Jurassic franchise put in passengers, put in any one of those movies. It's the same vibe, like it's in, in the Tom Cruise way, where it's like, I don't dislike it because, yeah, I still, I will see every Tom Cruise movie. I, I will go see Top Gun Maverick. I go see New Mission Impossible. So I'm just saying that it's a little, I have to adjust to it. Whereas I see someone like Chris Hemsworth, who's not the same in every movie. I see Tom Holland, who's different in every movie. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think, I think, Chris Pratt Star-Lord has certainly like changed up a bit since joining the MCU as much as Thor's or Tom Holland's. No, but I mean, I, like, I see the similarities actor, in roles. The, yeah. Well, he doesn't yeah, like yeah. he's not like Oscar Isaac or Elizabeth Olsen who you just like fully He's a funny dude. He's else. like a funny like he's not a method actor, I guess. He's more of just like Parks and Rec, Andy Dwyer. Never saw that either. But so again, so I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't. I was okay with seeing them. I was on board. Um, I well, I'm glad you're okay with it. I'm new glad. Asgard. I like that the new trailer doesn't give us a whole lot. I like this new trend of not giving us. Yeah, don't and give me anything. It was like, this trailer was kind of like, just like here, shut up, stop asking for a trailer. People, take this, deal with it, <laughs> and then we'll bury the reveal for the end of the trailer. Yeah, and that reveal is Jane Foster as the Mighty Thor, Natalie Portman looking jacked. Um, which and we I have knew words was on coming. 
Let's uh, hear your words on that. So, and this is not technically a leak because it's toy. It comes from toys. So the toys are out for the movie. And the toy that describes Jane explains that Jane in the movie, as most people expected, is suffering from cancer Mm -hmm. until she and Thor visit New Asgard and the hammer comes to her, the fragments. Which is why when she's Mighty Thor, she's A-OK. When she's not Mighty Thor, she's back to her condition. Which I so think it doesn't is, cure it? It doesn't cure it. It just It's almost like, a, I guess, two separate entities. So it's like when she's with the hammer wielding it, she's OK. But without it, she's like dying, basically. So she's just going to have to be the Mighty Thor for forever? Well, I think that's going to be part of what's going to be part of this movie's core is going to be what you sacrifice and love. It's love and thunder. So it's like Thor and her figuring themselves out. Like all those dynamics of what love kind of looks like, especially because it's a Taika movie. If it was anybody else, I would say it could be totally something random. But because it's him, he injects so much heart into his projects below the surface that I think this idea that by the end of the movie, she's either going to have to give up Mighty Thor or like, and like die maybe or something like I think there's gonna claim thing something along those lines. I cannot speak today. Jeez, it sounds dark, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, we get a shot, uh, our first look at Olympus, I think, um, and we see Russell Crowe's Zeus from behind. We see the lightning bolt um, that clearly is just playing into the idea of setting up gods for gore to kill. Which is interesting to me if we have gods happening up over here, we've got the Egyptian gods. We're just kind of really expanding the world of the gods. MCU. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. I like, I like it's the whole a theme running. of this. It's a theme of this entire like phase four. Like think about Shang-Chi. You think about Eternals. You think about uh, uh, Moon Knight, like you said. Like you even think about Doctor Strange. Like it's these... I'm forgetting one other where they did it too, but you know what I mean. I do know what you mean, but I mean, I think it's interesting that we have such a collection of powers, even Eternals dealing with the dude, their dudes. Um, So I think you've got such an interesting spread out universe in phase four Mm -hmm. that with varying levels of power, which as we've seen before, can come back to bite you in the end event in the end and like an end game, no pun intended when you've got people with varying degrees of power. So it'll be interesting to see what, if it is secret wars that brings everybody together or what the next together will be, especially because by all accounts, the most biggest set piece movie will be Dr. Strange too, which will yeah. obviously have some sort of an effect into what happens in Thor love and thunder, which is part of why we haven't gotten more in the trailer. Hmm. Very curious to see what that impact is. I was reading something earlier that Kevin, because he has oversee oversee over everything, if things are changed along, he tells like the directors now shift this in your movie to match this up. So like there's there is that overarching arc that DC doesn't have, or even Star Wars for that matter. And so I think that's why we have the reshoots that most of these movies have undergone to create a sense of cohesion where things like Morbius just don't fit. Mm-hmm. 100 percent 100 percent um 
I don't have too much else on this trailer because it was so short and um, we see like a dead god and we see Korg and uh, Thor looking at it, which is basically a cover, like a, a, a spit, spl- spitting image, splitting image of uh, a comic book panel. So it's cool to see they're going to hold back. Go to that point. It was so obvious that something is blurred out of that image. Yeah. So I'm wondering who that will be. So. I'll be curious to see. Stuff like that is just now Beta so Ray Bill. now. That would be sweet. I like Beta Ray Bill. Oh. I'm, a, I'm a fan of Beta Ray Bill. Um, Peter, a an interesting episode today, I would say. Um, but I think it's because our minds are in mental pretzels from what Moon Knight did to us. So if anyone is to blame, it is Oscar Isaac for his uh, great performance and kind of sending us into a spiral. Because um, I... Going back to Moon Knight, I'm unbelievably excited for episode five and see to see where they go with this because they've taken a this is a really cool opportunity because they've taken this direction and I'm if they land it, it's gonna be uh really, really, really cool. Similar to how it was really cool in WandaVision. Totally. And I think that again, these projects are continually redefining what the MCU is, but yet mm-hmm. still keeping it grounded at its core, which is such a fascinating exercise of how the creativity of this roster is so yeah absolutely um any predictions for episode five before we wrap up flashbacks um cliffhangers cliffhangers um jake and layla being the scarlet scarab okay it's like a uh old superhero that is like the defender of Egypt and it was in some comics and um, on her finger in the mental hospital, you see the, the like uh, logo of it and her dad used to always call her my little scarab. So who knows? That's my uh, prediction to end it off. Peter, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. I am um, going to be up in Northern California doing some things, but I'll be back next week. Um, and anything else that you'd like to share? <laughs> no, uh, I, I think I don't have any Marvel movies to watch this. I mean, maybe I'll see Morbius this weekend. You know? Oh, no, happen. don't. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Do not do it with that. Peter will not be doing that, folks. This has been episode 163 of the Pineapple Couch. Peter, we'll see you next week. Moon Knight, episode five. Uh, God bless.